Behind home plate, we bringing it to him all day. All day. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. always. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah. from Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your Daily Southern host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Josh, you ready for some football? I doesn't. I hate. I feel like it's, it's been forever since we've had a Ravens game. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. And and especially like a meaningful Ravens game, right? It's been a long well, time since we've seen Lamar Jackson back there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it really has been, what, three weeks? Is yeah. that right? Yeah. It's I guess fun. no football game be- last week, a pointless yeah. game the week before. Yeah. And so three – yeah. That's It'll a little be- crazy. Yeah. Um, so it's – yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it, though. I'm, I'm pumped. It's – it was – I just really enjoyed the – the football games last week, the wild card right. week was just a lot of really good football games. And so it made me, you know, pumped for that, but even more pumped uh, to watch the Ravens. So that should be good stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm uh, really looking forward to it. I think we're streaming on the internet now. We haven't done this since probably June, May, June. Yeah. No, before that, I think, we, I think when my house went up for sale, we had to pack up all the cameras. Yeah. So certainly yeah. not since uh, May? Not, not since you moved, yeah. Yeah, definitely not. Well, you know, I've kind of hesitated doing the streaming because I don't. I, I mean, you can see each time we do this, but the normal people I don't think have understood that I literally am now in a closet every week recording. Mm. So yeah, you can kind of you can kind of see the shelves above me, but I've seen I've seen video of the Glenn Clark show, and that's not much more of a closet either. So you know. That's a good point. I I put that studio together, and Glenn Clark's studio is not much bigger than this coat clo- than this uh, master closet I'm in. So yeah. we're in a small house, so we turned the master closet into a office for my wife and I. So it's awkward once in a while that we both want to use the computer or something, and we share a desk with both our computers. But it it works for now. And then, but yeah. yeah, I was uh playing with the software and I said, Hey, you know what? It'd be cool to try out streaming again once it's been a while and we got stuff to talk about. Yeah. 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 And it seems like it was no problem for you. You just had to put it on Mimo and then Skype me and then link it together. And then something about Twitch was involved. You know what? So it seems like it was no problem. I so think, good. I think it's all, problem. I think it's all working. Yeah. Don't, there's I, a good, good, a good chance. No one is seeing this or hearing this, yeah. but okay. I'm sure it's working. Hey, but I'm recording in like four different places. Cause I always record our podcast in three different spaces because yeah. we've had the instance where we've sat there and recorded and had a great argument for an hour and a half. And then yeah. we check and it didn't record. Yeah. And so, then what was the point? What right, was the, exactly. Then it was just any, like any other day. I know. Anytime I have any conversation, it's not recorded. I think to myself, what was the point of that conversation if it wasn't recorded? Yeah, you know, my old boss, whenever he would go into a meeting, would record everything on his phone. Mm. And he would try to do it, like, so the client doesn't know or whatever. 
Oh, that's illegal, actually. Uh, probably but, so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't work there anymore. Uh, I don't care for that guy much. Uh, so anyway, I always thought it was weird. Like, are you going to really go back and listen to these recordings? And he would tell me, like, when I go to meetings, to record it for him and send it to him. And I conveniently most always forgot to press record for those meetings. Because that's awkward. Yeah. I'm not going to record a meeting and then send it. There were times in college, even recently, where, like, I wanted to hear a professor give a certain lecture. And so I recorded the lecture. But even that, which was kind of academic and purposeful, right. and, I, and it wasn't done in secret either. But even that, like... I've never once gone back and actually listened to the recording. <laughs> yeah. Because <And laughs> that would be incredibly boring. Hey, uh, Dave Westwood says, we're not John Cena. I can see you. That's a, okay. rest, that's a, that's a, I that's, guess that's I, this thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't I've seen a thing. I kind of know that I, reference. I haven't seen a wrestling match since Goldberg. Yeah. So I'm a little out, out, out of date. But I know, uh, I know so he does like commercials or something. Reference, right. the next reference I would get. Yeah. But that's but, good. It looks like we're working. He did not say if he can hear us, but I'm assuming he can. Yeah, I'm sure there's another wrestling reference. Right. Um, who's that? Is it was a Hollywood uh, Hulk Hogan who would do the the little ear? See, I did that just. Oh for yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Well, all right. Maybe we should. It's not a wrestling podcast. <laughs> it's not. Glenn does a wrestling podcast. You can go into his closet and if listen in, to that. Yeah, if you're into wrestling. Hey, uh, I do have a question, and this may and. Imp- Embarrass me, but I got a question about one of our listeners. One of uh, our listeners commented I, on our page, and I'm hoping that you can answer this. Yeah. All right. The listener is a great guy. I see him like our stuff all the time on Facebook. Kevin okay. Kevin Rosenbaum. You yes, know this Jeff. guy? You know him too. This yeah. is embarrassing for you. All right. Here's the embarrassing part. I just realized this morning that I know him in real life. Yes, you do. I do too. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Just making sure. So, yeah, I figured I'd go ahead and ask you on the podcast because I'll probably never see him again now that I'm in Florida in real life. I'll still see him all the time. But if you didn't know who he was, it would be embarrassing on you. Okay. But but, see, Josh, it's not because when I meet someone, like, (laughs) I remember that. Oh, I, well, okay. When I interact with them a lot, which we do with that guy, I remember him. Yeah. Shout out, Kevin. Uh, And I'm pumped for, for softball this year. Yeah, so so Kevin is the softball coach of the team we've played on for the past few years. Yeah, I didn't know anyone from the softball team listened or knew we did a podcast. Yeah. So here's what happened to me this morning: is I got a, we got a comment on Facebook asking if we would talk about this Jose Iglesias today yeah. from Kevin, and I said oh, I just responded and said yeah, yeah. we'll get to the it tonight. Softball coach Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. I, anyway, no. Then I close Facebook and I get a new email. And it's from the same person. And Kevin emailed us about softball. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I put two and two together. And I was like, oh, I've noticed this guy as a listener. I didn't know I knew him in real life. Oh. Aren't you? So. Uh, I, I think we might even be Facebook friends. Are you Facebook friends with him? Yeah, yes, I am. Are you even I'm, Facebook friends with the guy? I'm Facebook, right. friends. I'm Facebook friends with a lot of uh, listeners that I've never met before. Okay. And uh, Ryan Leach says uh, they can hear us, and Dave says that Goldberg wrestled last year, so you can hop back on. Really? Okay. That's intriguing to me, all right? Well, it was last year, so you'll still be behind, but... Yeah. I still never got over when the NWO turned on him. That (laughs) might even be a wrong reference. I don't even know anymore. Um, But but yeah, Josh, you You played yourself. uh, No, I, I knew I was playing myself. I was hoping I was playing you. No, no, I don't get played. I, no. I, I know. I like Kevin. I just didn't realize that Kevin was the same Kevin. 
you know, his So it, it threw me off. I don't know if I uh, ever knew people's last names. I believe um, flights are cheap and short. I you can't you can come back every Sunday for you don't work on Sundays, do you? You can uh, come back for a softball game. You know what? I mean, I I'd work once in a while at the church, once or once a month or something like that. But yeah, uh, you know what? I could if Spirit had reasonable flight times. Spirit only does one flight a day, and on Sundays it's in the mornings. So I could fly home. Like if they would do a night and an evening, I could fly home in the morning, fly home at night, sure. But they yeah. only do one flight a day. So I could only right, get so there one way. So that's the only thing preventing you from doing that. Yeah. I mean, now if, if Kevin wants to throw some money my way because uh, he really needs me to come in and pitch one weekend, then uh, I'm sure he could spend I'll, – I'll cover the Spirit flight back, and he covers the Southwest flight back to Florida. Okay. We, so. I, I don't know. We, we played with six players before. I think we'll get, get along with that. I know. I haven't found a softball team down here yet. I've got to find one. Oh, man, you can play softball year-round down there. I know. Well, technically, I think you can in Maryland, too. There is a fall ball. Well, you can't well, right now. You got snow part. today, right? Was there snow? Yeah. I mean, I got rain in the eastern shore, but oh, okay. I think Baltimore got snow, some snow. I heard the we Ravens got... practiced in the snow. Yeah, good for them. You want to start Ravens or Orioles? Uh, let's, let's do Ravens because I right. put some show notes on the screen, and it says Raven Divisional Playoffs this is the first thing we'll talk about. I can't see the show notes. I know. That, that means good luck following them. Yeah. I put it. You know, I, I predicted on Twitter I, I got all the games right in the wildcard round. Uh, good for you. I think even I did, the too. Vikings game. No one's got the Vikings. I got, even got the Vikings. Okay. That's right. you, and the, you were a Vikings guy. I'm, I'm totally on board with Kirk Cousins. Um, so, and, and the Titans were the team I wanted to face. And I know some people kind of push back a little bit saying, you know, they're the hottest team in football. I, fine. But their quarterback is Ryan Tannehill. And I'll and, sign up for that all day. Right. And their quarterback is Ryan Tannehill. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's been a lot of fear, though, about um, this, this running back, Derrick Henry, who is, he is, he is a beast, right? Henry's a beast. Yep. I think he led the league in rushing. Uh, I think he might have led the league in touchdowns. He put up, you know, put up a couple, couple hundred over there against uh, against the Patriots. So, like, that's a legit concern. We've had issues stopping the run, but I just I'm trying like really hard to envision scenarios that make me concerned, and I just I can't even do it. Like, I can't even convince myself that Derrick Henry could run for 200 yards and we could lose, you know, 17, 13. I can't uh-huh. even. I can't do it. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I totally think, like, in order for the Ravens to lose this game, it's got to be that, like, they just completely crapped the bed, to use a Burt term. Yeah. Uh, that's the only way possible. I am nervous that I bet a bunch of money in my bookie on a nine-point spread. Yeah, I don't know about nine points. Because that nine points, I did it, and then I'm like, wait, that nine points really scares me. Because that's two scores, yeah. Exactly, so, exactly. So you could be up, so they could be up, right, by 17 or something, right. and they get some bogus last, you know, exactly. defense score. Some stupid that's why thing. The, yeah, those lines must be. So, but but, uh, but here's, the, here's the problem with Derrick Henry, the, the Derrick Henry um, believers, right, the people who are so concerned about Derrick Henry. The, the reason he was so successful with the Patriots is because the Patriots, A, are not a great football team, and, are, and they don't have a great offense, right? They're a low-scoring offense. Or they were this year, right? The, the the Patriots. For Derrick Henry to get 200 yards, it needs to be a low-scoring game that's close the whole time. What right. are you going to do? And this will happen, 
right? The end of the first quarter, the Ravens are going to be up by, by seven points, maybe 10 points by the end of the first quarter. Yeah. Then what are you going to do? Then at some point you have to throw. It turns into, Josh, you and I play Madden sometimes, and usually our games are close. But every now and then, one of us takes like a 14-point lead, yeah. and the other person becomes totally one-dimensional, and then next thing you know, you throw a couple interceptions and the game's over. Right. That's, this is going to be a problem with the Titans. Their defense is not great. And if they get behind and the Ravens outscore people in the first quarter better, better than anyone, and if the Ravens jump off to, to, to a lead, um, the Titans don't have the offensive firepower, i.e. the quarterback, I think, to keep them in the game. Um, so that's why I think it's going to be a runaway early. Um, and that's, but, isn't that the key, though? To, the key to every Ravens game this year is, is getting the lead early and yeah. holding on to that lead. I mean, it's how the Ravens have won this, this 12-game winning streak. They've bar- very rarely been behind. Right, because we're a team that runs. Right, like minutes. They're the best running team in football. And we rely on run, 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 and then try to maybe hit, hit, a, hit a big play every now and then. Um, but we like these longer drives. Right. And so we don't like playing from behind. And honestly, like our offense is so good that it's hard for us to play from behind because we just score a lot, right? And when you score a lot, you're not going to play from behind a lot. It's just kind of the nature of the Yeah, of but the all right, do you take anything from Dean Pease has beaten a Greg Roman um, offense before? Um, Dean Pease has beaten Colin Kaepernick, right? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And that's the thing, no matter what you're talking about, no matter who you're facing, it's always going to be, can they stop Lamar Jackson? Right. There's been a lot of talk with good reason. I think assistant coaches are really important. Offense coordinators, coaches, like in football, they're really important. One of the reasons I like the Vikings, this is a not talked about story. Rick Zong, who's over there that you like? Kubiak. Oh, yeah, yes, that's true. And you saw what he did with Joe Flacco. Uh, yes. And so Kubiak, I think Kirk Cousins is somewhat similar um, to Joe Flacco in some ways. And so I think, like, I love that, that Kubiak is over there, and that makes me believe in the Vikings more. So I think offensive coordinators and offensive assistant coaches, whatever Kubiak is, I think those are important positions. But at the same time, like, if Roman leaves after this season, I think he's coming back. But if he leaves for a head coaching job... Um, we still have Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah. Like, that's the thing that make our offensive run. This is not some, like, gimmicky, like, I know we run something unique, but this is not some gimmicky where you can kind of plug anyone in there and they can run this gimmicky offense. Right. No, our offense is great because of Lamar Jackson. There was an article on ESPN this week exactly about that and about preparing to face the Ravens and how, like, different teams were bringing, like, signing guys who haven't played football in years because they were, like, a running guy in college or they'd put their wide receiver back there to be play Lamar Jackson and how teams couldn't find someone like that could actually play like Lamar Jackson. Like there's no one in the NFL that can substitute him. And the whole, the article ended with the best substitution and the best person to scrimmage as Lamar Jackson is, do you know who? In, 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 in all the NFL, in all the NFL, if you had one player that could some, what close simulate he's not Lamar Jackson, but he could run that offense it's for your defense to prepare. Who would it be? Oh, maybe Josh Allen. I don't know. He's, nope. he's running throws. Who? who? RG three. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's what they said. They said the best like practice squad guy. Cause you're not going to put your, your number one. You're not going to put your main quarterback out there to 
to run. But right. they're like, the best guy that you could have for your defensive practice would be RG3, which is probably part of why the Ravens also signed him. Yeah. Long term. So no one else had it to prepare for him. Uh, Ryan says the Titans need to be afraid of the Ravens. Yeah. And yeah. We're, there was everyone saying that the, the Vikings would beat the Saints last week. Not me, but almost everyone said that. And they were eight point favorites. Right. We're nine point favorites. I mean, we're, we're, we, um, yeah, I don't know what the Vikings, like, the Vikings won. Yeah. Yeah. That's maybe that's a bad, <laughs> so argument. That's a bad argument. But I, I think, I mean to say, like, from the outside perspective, like, we are clearly a huge favorite. Right. I mean, the Titans are a playoff team, so I, I don't want to, like, poo poo them, but right. we're going to stop lots them, of, right? Yeah. Lots of people saw the Titans winning last week. Yeah. Uh, but that's because more the, the that's more against the Patriots and and Tom Brady and all the going down. Offense, yeah, yeah. Compared to Lamar, uh, Lamar and the Ravens, which his offense is playing as well as they have all year, I think it's also where home field advantage comes to play. Because sure, the Titans are going to come in and they're coming in cocky and their fans are cocky they're because hot. they're yeah, playing they're... really well. Tannehill, yeah. since Tannehill joined that team, they started playing really well. He was so, made the starter, yeah, over right. Mariota. Yeah. yeah. So when they're coming in and they're they're hot on fire, and I we've been there as Raven fans. We know that attitude. They're coming into Baltimore thinking they can take down the beast. Yeah. Uh, but the game's in Baltimore, and they got to take down the beast, and I don't think they can. Yeah, I think someone made the comparison. I think this was Derek Arnold to the the 2009 Ravens who beat the Patriots, and then later we lost to the Colts. Yes. But but this idea the Patriots had the dynasty right, and, and they were. The favorites to win, and we were a, a good defense, heavy run team, and and we pulled pulled the upset. And I, I think like, yes, like this is what the Titans are going to try to pull the upset. But the, the Ravens are, are two to one favorites to win the Super Bowl. We're by far the favorites. Right. We have the MVP of the league. Um, the so Titans, good the, luck, Titans. The Titans are going to try to do basically what the Ravens did in two thousand one. And came in and upset ten- Tennessee. Yeah, uh, with coming in with a big defense. And the problem is, the Titans, and it's it all it all circles back to Dean Pease. The Titans, they've never faced Lamar Jackson, right. and that's that's a huge advantage for the Ravens. It doesn't matter. You can watch film, and what does everyone say once they get on the field? All the game planning, all the film. It's different. Like he's so much faster and well, elusive why, when you actually go up against them. That's why we crush people in the first quarter, right? Because um, yeah. they're they're shocked by his his speed. It's that. It's that. Uh, Was it Mike Tyson? The everyone's got a plan until you punch him in the face. That's right. And then that's how we start every game. They come in with a game plan. Then suddenly you're behind seven, ten, fourteen. Your game plan's out the window. Yeah. I mean, I think the only way to make Lamar Jackson mortal and beatable in a, in a game like this is weather, right? Like we saw in Buffalo, well, a freaking tor- tornado in the middle of the field. We saw in San Francisco, like when we played San Francisco, like that was just a cold, rainy mess. And so I think if you have, and I don't know what the weather, are they calling for rain on Sunday? Um, I'm pulling it up right now for Sunday. Oh, 67 degree high. Not sixty-seven. This is January. This is that's not playoff football. All right. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Oh, and rain's supposed to end by uh, nine a.m. Yeah, because I think the only like. All right. I was. I heard rain on Sunday, but now it's looking like it's going to be clear for. Or no, I'm looking up Sunday. It's Saturday's the game. I'm an idiot. Yeah. So I caught myself before all, anyone called me out. 
all things being equal, um, the Ravens are by far a better team. And so I think the only time you ever become a little bit concerned is when there's other elements, like fluky things, like a lot of rain or snow or wind. Yeah, Weather Nerd is telling me it's a 10% chance of rain. Okay. And then throughout the game, it goes up to a 12% chance of rain. Yeah. So but still in the 60s, warm. Uh, yeah, 62 degrees. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to w- warm up as the day goes on on Saturday. So that um, that doesn't sound too bad, especially like if it can start clear and get messier later. That's huge in the favor of the Ravens. Let them jump out in front and then just run the ball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm expecting uh, I'm expecting it to be, you know, I mean, the Titans are a playoff team. They, they beat the Patriots. So I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but. Um, I certainly the Ravens are the team to beat in the in the playoffs, and I I don't want to look ahead, but I think there's some really intriguing matchups next round. Um, yeah. but let's focus on on, on beating the Titans. Yeah, hopefully it's the Texans. Uh, no, I, I hope it's the Chiefs, but that's just me. Uh, right, because you want to take down, you want to take. Them I want I feel like that's yeah, yeah the last kind of box we need to check. Right, yeah, you beat them, and then there's like Lamar's beat everyone he's faced. I think at that point. Uh, are you concerned that Mark Ingram did not practice today? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's a big part of the offense, and so Gus Edwards, we've seen he's proven that right. he can get the job done. Um, but I think he Gus Edwards does better as a secondary running back. Um, that's right. what he did all season. Gus so is, yeah, Gus it's, is it's fine, not, but you always want two. You always want both of them. Yeah, this is the playoffs, yeah. right? And you've you've had kind of a couple weeks off, um, so you want all you guys healthy, and so this is a little bit concerning. Um, but of course, if you're the Ravens, you, you got, you have to win, um, this weekend, but at the back of your mind, you're also thinking like, if you win, the next round's going to be even tougher. So right. I don't know if that weighs into your decision on whether or not to play Mark Ingram. I mean, you don't rest guys in the playoffs, but at the same time, it's, this is the easier game. Right. Today is Wednesday. So even if he doesn't practice Thursday, Friday, that still doesn't mean he's not going to play in the game. Right, and they might it might be the type of thing where you go soft on him at the beginning of the game, and then to see based on need. If 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 it's a tight game, you try to get him in more, and he's feeling all, all right. If it's turning into a blowout, you let uh, Gus Edwards run the ball, and you save Mark for the Chiefs or the Texans, whoever's next. Sure, but yeah, this, you don't want this to yeah, be. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Yeah, you don't want this to be like you lost because Mark Ingram isn't fully healthy and you're trying to save him for the next week. This is all hands on deck. You got to win. Yeah, and I know I'm I'm underestimating the, the Titans because I'm a fan and that's what we do. We get cocky. But no one in, in, in that coaching staff and none of the, Lamar Jackson, I don't think is no, – no one's overlooking the Titans. I mean, this is playoffs. You don't overlook opponents. Right. Uh, so So – we so we I, I can say they're going to crush them, um, but no one in that locker room is thinking no. um, as cocky as as I am. No, the castle's not saying anything um, totally because you got yeah. to. They're the hot team coming in, and uh, and yeah. they just knocked out the Patriots. Yeah, right. But I kind of feel like it's so fitting for how the Ravens' season has gone, where it's about like every week the Ravens had to prove themselves, and it was well. Let's see if they can beat the Patriots. Let's see if they can beat the uh, Seahawks. Let's see if they can beat whoever else. San Francisco. Let's see if they can beat Buffalo. It was always prove it. 
Yeah, well, I mean, and this is like um, prove it for Lamar Jackson because the, his last playoff appearance against the Chargers did not go well, right? So this is right. If 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 he has a poor game, then all of a sudden the talk becomes you know his performance in playoff games. Um, now I would argue that game feels like just based on the trajectory of Lamar Jackson's career in such a short time, the playoff game last year feels like it was ten years ago because he just he's a completely different quarterback. Um, than he was in last year's playoffs. Totally, but but like you're right. This is like this is the NFL. This is you need to reprove yourself every time you go out there, and so that's uh, yeah. That's 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 just the, the nature of the beast. But but the Titans like don't be scared. Like I'm not I'm not staying up all night scared, nervous about it. I'm not uh, biting my fingers. I I mean I I mean during the game we'll see how it goes. But I mean we're the favorites. We're nine point favorites, which is a huge margin in the playoffs. Um, I'm I'm confident that we'll take care of business against the Titans. Yep, me too. But how confident are you about the Orioles? Where's that um, confidence on uh, Jose Iglesias? I think Jose that's how you Iglesias. say it, right? Yeah, Jose Iglesias. I was surprised that the Orioles signed a name I recognized this offseason. Now, that yes. was a surprise for me. Yeah, it's a one year deal. With a club option for a second year. Okay. All right. Yeah, so it's a good deal. You don't see those very much. You see the club option. It's not a player option, a club option. I so like they that. bring it back for another, um, I think it's $4 million, then $2 million or something, or three and a half, then, but it's a total of $6 million over, over two years. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's a 30 year old player, but is, it, is the one year, do you think the one year, Club option is a let's see if Richie Mar- how Richie Martin does with some AAA time. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like, not why not just a straight two year deal? Like, why the one year with the club option? And it might be because there's no one, and people say Richie Martin, and people say Richie Martin because there's no one else. Like in double, like I mean, Cole right. McCoy maybe, um, uh, but you know, he's there's just no one close to the majors besides Richie Martin. Um, and if you look at I mean, it's really interesting if you look at um, the career of Jose Iglesias. Like, he is one of the most consistent players, like, you'll ever see. Like, this is his war since he came up in the majors and was an everyday player in 2015. His war in 2015, 1.5. And then the next year, 1.7. And then the next year, 1.4. And then the next year, 2.2. And the next year, 1.5. So just, like, I guarantee... This coming season, he will have a war over one and under two. Like, that's who he is. He's the same guy every year. Um, defensively, I mean, this is the deal, right? Defensively, he's one of the best in baseball. Um, yeah. uh, baseball savant, all the nerd stats, they, they have this, um, this uh, stats called outs above average. Um, and the Orioles were second to last last year in outs above average, which is like this infielder defensive metric. Um, and Jonathan VR was at negative 12. Um, okay. And, and where's Iglesias? Jose Iglesias is the opposite. He's at plus 12, the fourth right. best shortstop last year in all of baseball. So, and, and yeah. And last year's a year short- where he's the fourth best in baseball, but a lot of people are looking past him last year. Like he's not a guy like 
he was with the Tigers for six years, and then it was kind of like, well, we don't want to pay for you. Yeah, and then got even arbitration, with, and then who? Where did he go? The Reds. Last the Reds, and even with the Reds, it was a minor league deal that they um, that someone got hurt for the Reds. I forget who got hurt, but it was a minor league deal, and someone got hurt, and then and then they called him up. Right. All right. So, so I mean, um, I, I think it's, I just think it's great. I think it's exciting. He's he's great defensively, which would be great for our young pitching staff because that's what's all about, right? Our young pitching staff. He's part of the he's part of the rebuild. And I'm sorry, he's he, he was ranked sixth out of shortstops uh, with okay. a twelve. But like his defensive metrics every year are one of the best in baseball. Like, that's great. Yeah. His he, offense is not good, but his defense is great. His offense, though, he's high twos every year. Yeah. He's like 270, 280, something like that each year. Yeah, last year he had, I think, 288. Um, people would say he got lucky because um, he's career about a 260 guy. Some of the interest is about him. Um, you know, the three true outcomes, walk, strikeout, home run. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. That's. Yeah, that's the three true outcomes. Hit by pitch, um, and and like like uh, for example, context. Pete Alonso for the Mets last year was first. Fifty-one point five percent of Pete Alonso's at bats ended with a walk, strikeout, or home run. Okay, over half. All right. Um, the opposite end of the spectrum. The person who had the least amount of three true outcomes um, was. Orioles own, do you know who it is? The guy who is least likely to his at bat to end with a strikeout, a walk, or a home run. Um, walk out, strike, or home run. Yeah. Okay, so was, with with hitting into outs. Or like hitting a lot of singles and doubles, but not home runs. Okay, you're right, you're right. Uh, who was the... And not striking out and not walking. <laughs> um, it, when I say it, it'll be obvious. Uh, Villar. Hans Alberto. All right, Hans Alberto. Okay, with a high batting average. Yeah, because Hans Alberto, I love Hans Alberto because sometimes when you're watching baseball, like you can just walk away for the first like two or three pitches at the bat, come back when the when the uh, when when it's two and one when the count right. is two and one, and then watch the bat from there. But not Hans Alberto. You got to watch from the first pitch because because that dude's swinging. Um, yeah, so Hans Alberto was in baseball. He had the fewest three true outcomes. Only 14% of the time did it end in a walk, strike, or home run. In that list, number four on that list is Jose Iglesias. All right. So, that's cool. Jose, good for you because you loved uh, Hanser Alberto. So to have both of them back-to-back in the lineup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think from a productive, from like a production standpoint, I mean, it's not good that Jose Iglesias does not walk or hit home runs. Right. Um, but from like an entertainment standpoint, um, it means more balls in play. Which is entertaining, and so uh, Jose Iglesias, Jose Iglesias batting together with Hans Alberto should mean um, not a lot of not a lot of strikeouts, not a lot of walks, a lot of swinging early in counts, a lot of putting the ball in play, not a lot of power. Um, but let's try to make something happen. Right. I should have been paying attention to the comments because Ryan jumped in there with Hanser. He knew who you were talking about immediately. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if yeah. you think about it, obviously, it makes sense. always. He was always he didn't hit for a ton of power. He never never walked, um, and and swung at the first pitch. So he couldn't he didn't he couldn't strike out because he would never get two strikes on him. Yeah, uh, 
Well, that's so cool. Can, it's yeah, neat so, now that we're starting to have like, all right, now we have one guy in our lineup. Like we can start to kind of picture what this team's going to be like. And I, I mean, the other thing Michael I said this week is that he expects minor league pitchers to graduate to the majors. But you don't think any real good pitchers are going to graduate to the majors, or do you think this is more like uh, rough school districts where I don't want to fail you, so I just got to push you further ahead? Oh, no, 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 no. This is not. Who's coming to the major league roster uh, rotation or bullpen this year that's going to make an impact? Okay. Well, we're not including. I mean, last year you had a couple guys do it, right? Hunter Harvey came last year and yeah. made a big splash. So he doesn't count. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there's two guys that would definitely do it. And, and maybe this doesn't top your radar. Maybe this doesn't get you excited. But the two guys are Keegan Aiken and Dean Kramer. Okay. Those are the two guys he's talking about. Um, two guys who pitched in the uh, – Dean Kramer jumped to AAA at the end of last year, and Keegan Aiken pitched all of last year in AAA. Um, and so these are two prospects. They're not our best pitching prospects. They're not even in our top five pitching prospects. But they are two young pitchers who are actual, like, young pitchers with potential, um, not just – these aren't just shuttle guys, right? If Keegan Aiken is caught up, he's not going to pitch one game and get sent down the, the, the next weekend. Okay. If Keegan Aiken makes the open day roster, he's going to be in the, in the rotation every fifth day for a while until something happens. Okay. Well, that's something and, to be excited about. Yeah, and Dean Kramer is the other guy. Um, and I think that's it. Now, there's other guys that could do it, like guys like Zach Lothar, Michael Bowman. But, I mean, Keegan Aiken and Dean Kramer are on the 40-man roster. So, um, those are two guys. I don't, I don't think either of them will start in the, on the Major League squad, but I think they'll, they're on the 40-man and they'll work their way up soon. And I think that's directly related, though, to the signing of Jose Iglesias, right? If you want to bring up these young pitchers, you don't want to have the worst infield defense like you did last year in all of baseball. Like, you want them to be successful, um, and so you want to put a good defense behind them. And I think our defense will be a lot better this year with Hans Alberto at second, who is good defensively. Um, Jonathan Villar not playing shortstop. Richie Martin, who is okay but not great at shortstop, replaced him with Jose Iglesias, who's great. That's a good up the middle middle infield with Hans Alberto and Jose Iglesias. Um, uh, Rio is is fine at third base, and then center field. Just looking up the middle, um, center field. Hopefully, Austin Hayes will stay healthy and be our everyday center fielder, which is certainly an upgrade over whoever we had there last year. Guys like Stevie Wilkerson, certainly a big upgrade over that. All right, so you're telling me this team's going to surprise some people this year? I think defensively (laughs) we'll be better. I know we were really bad last year. It's hard to not be anything but better. Yeah, I mean, you you take Jose Iglesias, and he's a lot better of a shortstop defensively. But he's also, if you're just like thinking about him replacing VR, he's also a lot worse offensively than Jonathan VR. So yes, it's a it's a win lose here. Well, it's a yeah. I mean, it's a guy for less than half the price of Jonathan Villar. Oh yeah, also. yeah. Twelve it's twelve million to to three million. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So it's, uh, I mean, that's the key is like everything, save money, but they also need to need someone to go out on the field. Yeah, I'm actually a little surprised that they even spent, just the way Michael Elias runs things, that they even spent $3 million for him. Right, when they could have uh, just thrown Richie Martin out there. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I'm curious that what this means for Richie Martin, because on the one hand, and like Jose Iglesias, I've already heard him, heard him talk about this, like being a mentor to other players. Like he's the veteran on this team, and so it might be good to have Jose Iglesias and Richie Martin on the major league squad, so Jose Iglesias can mentor Richie Martin. On the other hand, it might be good to have Richie Martin play every day at AAA to find out if he's kind of ready to make that jump next year. So I'm curious to see what they do with Richie Martin. I could make an argument that he should be in the majors, seeing major league at-bats and getting mentored by Jose Iglesias, or you can make the argument that he should be playing every day in the minors. Yeah, I mean, and my argument, would I would go with the minor league side of that. Of He saw major league pitching all last year. He didn't improve, so let's get him in the minors where coaches can focus more on him and help him and light a little fire under him to get back to the majors and actually deserve a shot in the majors instead of a rule five or stuck with you. Yeah. And this seems to be Michael Elias's thing, Josh. And that's why I kind of grimaced about you just saying, pushing guys who aren't even ready up to the majors. Like Michael Elias will not bring up a pitching prospect unless they've proven that they can pitch in triple A. Like Dean Kramer is on the 40 man roster, but he's not making the open day roster no matter how well he pitches in spring training. Cause he only pitched for like two weeks at triple A. Like, Dean Kramer has to prove it at AAA. This is whole, Michael Eyes' whole thing. Ryan Mountcastle, many people think Ryan Mountcastle will, will play for the Orioles this year, and he might. But I'll tell you what, Ryan Mountcastle is not going to start with a major team because he's got to prove it in AAA that he can do everything defensively and offensively before they make the call-up. Michael Elias is like, you got to prove it to me before you get the call-up. And I, I like that. And that's why him making a comment about pitchers graduating to the majors kind of concerned me because well, that's the word right graduate yeah yes and that's why i asked you if it was like a graduate because they're good or graduate because we got to push them we can't don't have room for them in the minors anymore or um because no i, no, I don't think that we've is, seen uh, plenty of people graduate high school with that aren't smart enough to go to the next level that they sure. can't get into college but they graduated high school sure um sure. so that would be my concern and I understand that makes a lot of sense to sign this guy for defense because we've seen pitchers come up to the majors and flame out. And you kind of wonder if it's because they get so irritated with a bad defense behind them. You wonder if stuff like that is why guys like Jake Arrieta failed. Why Zach Britton maybe struggled as a starter. If he does, if you come up there young and don't have a defense behind you, then all of a sudden you think that you have to strike every single person out. Because you can't trust that a ground ball isn't out. Yeah. Yeah, certainly, right? I think um, undoubtedly a good defense helps young pitchers and their confidence and all that. Now, they can't, no matter how good your defense is, if it goes over the fence, you can't do anything about it. Right. But I think, yeah, I think it's good to have, I mean, certainly good to have a good defense behind a young pitcher. And so I think that's what it's all about, right? Because Jose Iglesias is 30. He's not part of, like, the traditional rebuild, Right. He's yep. part of the rebuild in that he can mentor the other infielders who are younger, and he can provide a good defensive, um, uh, good defensive backup for 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 these for these young pitchers. And like he can, he can just kind of be a placeholder until Richie Martin or Gunnar Henderson or one of these other kind of faraway guys is closer to becoming ma- majorly ready. And by the way, Jose Iglesias was. According to Fangraph's list of top 50 free agents, he was number 45. So if you told me that the Orioles were going to sign a top 50 free agent this offseason, I would have said you were crazy. 
But he was a number 45 in their free agency list. So the Orioles went out there and signed a top 50 free agent. All right. So do the Orioles sign anyone else this offseason? No. We're done. We're done. We're done. I think we're done. All right. um, some people say we could sign another veteran pitcher or another veteran catcher, like maybe a reunion with Caleb Joseph or something. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't. I don't. Um, I guess if someone better came available as, as pitching goes, but we're already carrying two Rule Five pitchers. Um, we oh. already got a. Yeah, I just don't see room on the roster for another starter that would be an upgrade that we would go after. Well, and a veteran catcher, someone like Caleb Joseph, the idea of that would be, again, to help your pitchers. A guy that you're not expecting any offense from, but again, someone to help your pitchers. Yeah, yeah, and I guess if you don't, and that's like another question mark, right, is Chan Cisco. I don't know what his deal is. Um, I don't know what the Orioles feel about him, if they feel he's still a catching prospect or if they're going to put a new position for him. Like, I don't, I think like maybe... If you're if you're gonna roll like Severino is on the team, and so it's you can choose to have Cisco back him up, or if you don't believe in Cisco, maybe you go out there and get someone else. I guess. I feel like hasn't that always been the question about Cisco? Like since he came up, even when he was in the minors, is always like, can he really make this step, and can he handle this? Yeah, and that's my, that's been my argument for years, right? If he's not going to get good defensively, you know, in four years of playing in the minors. Why all of a sudden this year is he going to wake up and be good defensively, right? Like if he hasn't made the progressions at this point, why do you think he still will? Just move him to second base or move him to first base. Just do or trade him away um, if you don't believe him defensively. I, it annoys me every year that they try to fix him defensively. And dude, if you haven't fixed him yet, maybe he's not fixable. Right. Uh, do you like that the Orioles signed Freddie Gonzalez? I- what is he, a bench coach or something? I don't know if he's got an actual position. Yeah, I don't know what his title is. Um, uh, mentor? I mean, essentially, he's, he's like a mentor. I don't Right. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I was, I mean, he has major experience, right? Like, he's, he's yeah, managed he coached the Marlins and the Mar- Braves. Marlins and Braves forever. He's got a winning record as a manager. Yeah. Which, when you say he pitched for, he coached the Braves and the Marlins, it's not really someone you would expect to have a winning record. Yeah, it's, true. it's true. So I worked in like with the Marlins with small market teams. Yeah. Um, what 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 do you make of it, Josh? Is this is I, this um, Elias covering, um, co- uh, showing he doesn't have confidence in Hyde or trying to, uh, like, what do you make of this? Because Hyde, it's weird that a, an assistant coach, right, or whatever you call him, a mentor coach, would have a lot more professional experience than the head coach. It's a little bit weird, or the manager. Yeah, it's a a weird move because you would think it's a young guy, but uh, it's almost like a guy like we're bringing in, uh, we want veterans to talk to these young players. It's almost like bringing in a veteran to sit on the bench, be there next to Brandon Hyde to mentor Brandon Hyde through the process as well. Yeah, it is very similar to that. I don't know. I've always liked Freddie Gonzalez whenever I would see him like on uh, post games interviews or comments. Like he's one of the coaches that I think has always been a, a like a neat guy. Yeah, but um, I don't I don't know. It's kind of, it's a strange move because he's already put in a bunch of coaching years. Uh, he went back to the Marlins and then he kind of like left the Marlins, so it looked like he was going to retire. And then the Orioles sign him, so it's like, is he a guy who's going to be around for the rebuild? 
Or, yeah, I mean, I think he's like 55 years old, so he's not he's not old in manager terms. And he did come out like I heard him say like he wants to manage again. So it's not like he's content with just going around helping out gotcha. real managers. Now I now it all makes sense. Yeah, yeah. We rebuild when the good players come. We let Brandon Hyde go, and oh, Freddie's here. Yeah, Freddie's the manager that, of the future. I, but, that's putting some pressure on Brandon Hyde. But, but that, and, that, and that was my first thought, like because I'm sure. Um, like manager Hyde approved of this move. Like this is not Elias going behind his back and forcing him to have this guy. I'm certain that manager Hyde was on board with this decision. Yes. Cause you just want to bring that trouble to, to, to the dugout. So I'm sure he was on board with it, which to me says a whole lot about manager Hyde. It says that Brandon Hyde is willing to, is confident, right? Is confident enough in his position that he can hire this guy with more experience and still feel comfortable about being the leader in that team, about still being the manager of that team. So I think it's actually kind of an impressive move just psychologically from manager Hyde, right. showing that he has the confidence to, to lead this team and have someone next to him who has even more experience. But I don't know. I, I, I just and, and you mentioned something, Josh, last week, and you just alluded to it there again. That this manager hide or something is like a sitting duck and will be replaced yes. once the orders are good. I 100% agree with that. No, I think you're completely wrong. The more I watch Brandon Hyde and how he goes about his business and his relationship with Mike Elias and and just this, you know, watching him coach all year, I I just become more and more impressed with Brandon Hyde, and I, I'm starting to think he's going to be here for the long term. I I'm been surprised at how much they push hide out there at like that Winterfest thing, how they're letting him speak and all because I see him as a total placeholder and not a guy. But um No 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 I think not. when I think when Michael Elias went searching for a head coach, he was search, he was searching for the next AJ Hinch. He was searching for a young guy who was willing to I don't want to say be a puppet of the general manager, but like be willing to listen to what the what Michael Elias and Sigma Dell had to say about right. um, lineups and field configurations and when to make what moves and listen to kind of all the, all, all the nerd stuff. Right. And so I think they found that guy in Brandon Hyde. Um, and so Brandon Hyde's able to kind of take what Elias is saying and communicate it to the players and have the players buy in. Like that's manager Hyde's job. And I think he did that really well this year on a losing team. And I see no reason that that will change. Um, so I'm, I, I'm changing my opinion. I mean, the jury's still out, right? Like, he still yeah. has a couple years to see what he can do. Um, but I, I think Elias is happy with him. And I don't know. I, 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 think, I think he's done well. So I'm, when he was first hired, I thought for sure he's just here for the losing because he's never managed before. And then we'll bring in an actual manager. Um, but the more I think about it, the more I think that's not – like uh, Michael Elias isn't going to bring in Buck Showalter when we're good. It's okay. not even like Michael Elias to bring in Freddie Gonzalez, right? When we're, we're good, like he's no, he's like ground up, um, doing things a new way, not old school at all, all new school. I think Brendan Hyde represents that new school type managing. Okay, and so it makes sense. I don't know, manager. So Hyde here's, is- all right. So what I could see with uh, manager Hyde is is if he is a a muppet of elias and at the same time a player's coach like that yeah. we talk about this a lot with john harbaugh and how 
the players love John Harbaugh and want to fight for John Harbaugh. If Brandon Hyde builds that relationship with these young guys, I can see keeping him around because he's got the relationship with these young guys, and you don't want to upset the the locker room and the the clubhouse in that role. Uh, if he has, if he calls out players, uh, gets in the in dugout and gets Davis in fights dugout. like he did with Chris Davis last year, then he will not be around. Yeah, but but see, I think th- things like the interaction with Chris Davis, the fact that like that did not tear the locker room apart, right? I think is is saying something. No, there was nothing to tear apart. The team, but, the team sucked. You tear yeah. apart winning teams. A losing team can't tear apart. You won't be able to notice. You don't think so? No. You don't think a losing team it can become more dysfunctional? Uh I mean dysfunction. Yes, I guess you the fact think, that it didn't you, spill out to fried chicken and beer and a scene like that can like divide. A locker room where people choose sides with Davis and Hyde, and it becomes this whole thing. You don't I, think that happens? I don't think there's enough veterans to choose a side against the manager. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I suppose that's true, but, but, I, but I don't know. I, I could see that. I could see it turning uglier than than did, and and it didn't. But you're right. Like the good thing about Hyde is, and I'm I'm sad that Bert isn't here to laugh every time we say manager Hyde. But the good thing about Brandon Hyde is he can make bad decisions as far as bullpen usage, as far as whatever, and it doesn't matter, right? Because this is, yeah. for him, he's learning just like kind of the players are learning. He's got a learning curve, and so 100%. He, can, he can be there with Freddie Gonzalez, and he can talk about decisions, and he can make all the mistakes he wants to this year, and last year he can too, as long as you know he gets it out of his system <laughs> what um, for 2023. Hey, I don't want him to mess with I don't want... The, the reason we don't win my World Series in 2023 to be manager Hyde. He's got to work out all the kinks now so we can go win the World Series and he doesn't get in the way. Right. Totally agree. Um, I, I guess, yeah, so I guess it's fine to have another veteran. He's got to fill a lot of the coaching roles. He's coached outfield. He's coached infield. He's coached catchers. So all that will help with young guys. The more coaches we can get with experience with, with young teams is going to help. Yeah, and I think he's because we have we clearly have sabermetrics people in in like the pitching whatever it's called now pitching coordinator um, position in control of all pitchers throughout the system. Like we have those types of coaches, but I really think like Freddie Gonzalez is not. I think I really think he is like a coach for Hyde, like a coach for Hyde, like to, to, a to, to guide. Yeah, mentor for Hyde in in making. Um, in making in-game decisions, um, in handling issues like Chris Davis in the locker room, just a guy who's been there, who has what I don't know what is like ten years experience that Freddie Gonzalez has as being a major league manager, um, that you know manager Hyde has someone to talk to you about that and can run, run run ideas through. Like so, I think like Freddie Gonzalez is there more for Hyde than he is even for the players. Um, but it will be an interesting kind of relationship and dynamic to watch this year. It's someone for that can actually manage when Brandon Hyde gets tossed out of a game. Um, but no, that's good and all good. Did you uh, read up on the Red Sox also cheating with sign stealing in 2018, the year that they won the World Series? Yeah, yeah, I saw that, and I hope um, there's penalties. 
That's all I root for, penalties. For both I don't teams. Yeah. yeah, especially for the Red Sox, though, because they're in our division. I don't care about, like, um, vacating the, the, the World Series title or something, even no, though it's weird. You can't do that. Well, I, like, I, you can, right? If you cheat, you can vacate the title. Right. But I don't, I don't care because that doesn't hurt the Red Sox. Right. This year, right? It doesn't, like, that's in the past. It's done. They already um, made all their money off that trophy. Yeah, people will still view them as the World Series champs anyway. Right. Um, so I want to hurt them. I now. think, you know what I think the punishment should be? You should be required to hang another banner in your stadium that says cheaters. Just to remind yeah. everyone, a black flag in your stadium right next to your World Series champion or whatever uh, what division champion, whatever banners you've got up, you've got to have another one up that says cheater. And it's got to stay up there forever. Or maybe you could do like the uh, similar idea, that's like the scarlet letter. You could do just, they have to wear a C on their jersey exactly. the entire year. C for cheater. Right, a black C. Year. Yeah, just, yeah, just shame them. I'm all about shame as a punishment. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm all about like hurting their chances to win in the future since we play in the same right, division. Moving draft picks. Yep. M- making them play with eight players. <laughs> right. No, no <laughs> center fielder since you were stealing signs. Yeah, or like you have to tell the other opponent what your pitch is every time now. Right, right. Your, pitch, your pitch goes up on the Jumbotron every every yeah. time before you pitch. I yeah. like the idea of something horrible that's so – it's got – no matter what it is, it's got to be a punishment that stops people from doing this. You, right. If it's, yeah. if it's, if it's uh, half a million dollars and that's it, like a, a financial fine – who cares? I'll pay for. I'll pay that fine to win a World Series. Yeah, uh, it's got, and it's. I mean, as we bring more and more technology into baseball, you're going to have issues like this. So you got to set the precedence now. Of players can't go watch the replay cams. You can't watch because we're seeing iPads, and it's kind of weird because we're seeing iPads in the dugouts where they're watching their last at bats. So why isn't everyone looking at the signs when they're watching those replays? And, and, and this is, like, it's weird on a lot of levels, right? It's weird because there's more technology, and so there's more opportunities for cheating. And there's also, like, in baseball, there's this norm that's okay and normal and appropriate and competitive to try to steal their signs. Right. So it's like it's a weird place, it's kind of this, this gray area where we encourage technology and there's more of it, and we also – historically in baseball you're encouraged to steal signs right that means they're just not changing the signs up enough enough and so it's just kind of this weird ground and so i think baseball needs to decide like what the expectations are like like what is appropriate and what's inappropriate and set clear rules about that right now like i go on both sides of that because for more technology i want microphones and uh and little headsets on the pitchers and catchers so they can just talk. I think yeah. that's a good thing. I want something like that. But at the other hand, in the dugouts and all, I want to get rid of these iPads and video replay and stuff. Like, you can't sit there and study your last at bat to prepare for the next one. Like, I want it old school. Like, you got to remember those pitches. And yeah. you can talk to the guys about what they saw. But I don't want you to go there and a watch. I don't want a pitcher to be able to sit on the dugout and watch the next three opponents that he's going to have to face in the next inning. Yeah. I mean, there's some tendencies. I don't like that. 
it's going to turn into each dugout is going to be a series of little individual booths, right? And they're just going to go into the little yeah. individual booth. Like a library booth. the iPad again. Yeah, like a library booth. And they'll be there with the iPad studying. And then when it's their time to go out, they'll step out of the library booth. Um, and they'll have to be like signs that like no talking around the booth or something. Yeah. And then all these other or, librarian in there. Whatever. Or head, big headphones. Yeah, at each booth. Because yeah, I remember. I feel like this is the first year where I would openly see like the iPads on the back of the dugout. Yeah, and I I don't like that. Yeah, I I I don't I don't like it either. There's there's something I don't know. There's something lost about the game. Right. I want everybody with the knee leaning out, watching the game, talking about the game, eating sunflower seeds. Right. Like, and Not, I would. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think to do that, you have to get rid of the manager's challenges, which means you got to fix replay. Where replay needs to be uh, fourth uh, umpire or how, an extra umpire that's up in a booth always watching video, and he's the person that can over, overturn things. No challenges, any play whatsoever. If there's ever a call wrong, the guy watching the TV up in the booth can overturn the ump on the field. And get rid of manager challenges. Then there's once you get rid of manager challenges, there is no need for any televisions on showing any type of replay, any recording. There's a need for the live TV. I can understand that when you got to run to the bathroom, but uh, there's no reason for replay and all this other stuff. And you can get rid of all that out of the clubhouse. Yeah, during game, so they got to be careful with those bathrooms because some players take bathroom breaks and then I think go on Instagram and. And update their post. Though I wouldn't mind people, dumb and young, looking at you. But I wouldn't mind people, um, can we give them phones to tweet during the game? I wouldn't mind players to tweet more during the game. I I love mic'd up baseball players. Yeah. I like I mic'd up the across the board. But I now watch the All-Star game simply because of I Mike, Mike Trout Mike wearing Trout. a microphone. Yeah. Or yeah. Michael Brantley. Uh, I, I love that. And I like I like Fox Fox uh, what is it Saturdays where they where they will talk like during innings to a pitcher on the bench or something I love that so yeah. yes I'm all for more of that more technology to help the fan less to technology yeah. right less technology for the player yeah I agree they they, they get enough they can look at film before or after games right. in game nonsense. All right, anything else? I think we covered the uh, big stories this week, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's get out of here. Josh, appreciate you working out the uh, online streaming. That was cool. Yeah, assuming that it worked and assuming people like it, I don't see why we uh, won't do it some more. Yeah, I said it was cool. It didn't really have any impact on my experience in the show whatsoever. I was going to say, I, I don't it's even know. That's only different. Yeah, yeah. I got to fix the soundboard. Uh, because it it fades it runs out your voice when we're doing it for some reason. So uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure that out. So I'll just cut out without the music for now. But uh, yeah. yeah. Wanna, All right. Well, hopefully next week we'll probably go back to Monday, but we'll see, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, we're gonna want to talk Ravens. Yeah. But if we ever change the show, of course you can know about it because we'll post it on our Facebook page. You can like us on Facebook and follow the page, Section 336. Or we always tweet 
about when we'll be recording at Section 336 show. So you should follow us on Twitter and on Facebook for the latest. And make sure you are subscribing to the show in all your favorite podcast apps as well and continue to spread the word because the real Oriole fans are hopping on board now, not in three years. That's right. Or we're going to do like Raven fans are doing this year and we're going to judge yeah. you and saying, when Richie Martin was an everyday shortstop, do you remember that? Were you a fan right. then? Right. If you weren't if you weren't there for Richie Martin, you can't be there for, <laughs> for whatever. If you weren't there for Ch- Chance Sisko trying to catch for the fifth straight right. year. Right. If you, right. If you, you weren't can't there, be there for Bradley Davis. Rush. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, and I still got to – I haven't had time. I've been focused on this. But I will get our Orioles – 2023 world championship shirts up nice i gotta i gotta find a nice graphic artist if someone wants to help with that reach out but i want to wear one of those and confuse people in florida who can't nice. count I, anyway i was thinking about uh booking the top floor of the hilton i gotta figure out what days exactly the world series, the world would be. series 2023 would be yeah. so i can i can get a couple of rooms in the hilton right now getting before they sell out well, won't you want to be in the stadium yeah, I know, but like that's so you know between games because you know you go into those those four home world series games. What okay. are you gonna do when you, when you know? Right, you're not at the game. Assume, you just go walk yeah. over to the Hilton. Assuming Camden Yards is still there, and the Orioles are still in Baltimore in 2023. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, isn't it 2021 where the uh, contract ends and everyone contract all runs the, out? All the naysayers say we're uh, leaving Baltimore. By all the naysayers, you mean? Nasty Nestor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Nestor Aparicio. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and right. uh, other people. Michael Lester also wrote an article about Nashville. Okay. All right. Uh, Clayton wants a 2023 shirt. I'm going to figure it out. I just need graphics artists. All right. We'll get it What's up, up there. Clayton? Yeah. For now, I think you can go onto section336.com or birdlandsports.com and pick up a uh, caution wet floor shirt to describe this season as we travel I'd, through. I'd, and all the way, yeah, until uh, 2021. Yep. That's when the caution the floor goes. All right, wrap it up. Okay, you can follow us on uh, all those things. Leave us a review. Follow me on Twitter, at Section336. Follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go Ravens. Beat the Titans. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out.